Hello and welcome to Totally Tell Me, a weekly entertainment review podcast where we talk about movies, music, food, and fun. My name's Dominic Mercurio and I'm here with Laura Weinbach. Yo. And our guest this week is Anton Patzner of Fox Sales Brigade. Oh, hi. What's up? It's actually been a little bit of time since we've had you on. You were a series regular and then, you know, you just... Uh, the character of Anton went off and did other things, you know, he was, um, had a subplot that no one was privy to. So how have you been? <laughs> um, I'm good. Uh, yeah, just been working in the studio. Uh-huh. Uh, well, we just got back from tour, but since we've been back, I spent the two, two good work days in the studio. I'm doing, I'm doing a short film score and, uh, I'm today I was working on a remix for a local band. And, what uh, band? Uh, called Cure for Gravity. Okay. And that is it <laughs> right now. Gotcha, gotcha. Um, and we all just watched um, the film, the 2009 film Antichrist, which is written and directed by um, Lars von Trier. And uh, that's going to be our main topic for the day, which we normally get to in the second half of the episode, if this is your first time listening, which I don't know why. Just go back and listen to all the other ones, but uh, but first, you know, we're gonna cu- talk about some other things. <laughs> what's up with you, Laura? What's uh, what's going on in your world, or is there anything I don't know about at this um, point in life? You know, let me think. Or mm. you could just say something I know about and just pretend that I don't know about it. As mm, I mean, as the I got to. my dress yesterday from the oh, tailor that I'm gonna be wearing on a sure special occasion. It. You haven't seen it yet. What? I haven't seen it. I, you showed me multiple options. It's not one oh, of those I options. Oh, I showed you pictures, but you haven't seen it in person. Oh, of course I haven't seen it in person. No, but I'm feeling excited. Oh, you mean you got it in person? Yeah. That's good. Yeah. yeah Laura, for those up. who don't know, Laura and Anton are both getting married shortly. Uh, to it's each really other. just a matter of... To each other. Oh, yeah. That gives such a yeah, We're, we're to both each getting other. married on, in, in <laughs> separate rooms. Yeah, separate rooms. It's uh, <laughs> a beautiful thing, really. They pick the same um, location and uh, ceremony, even. It's kind of crazy. It's going to happen at the same, same time. Same efficient. Same efficient. Same party Rita for them. From the it's totally wild. Uh, but yeah, so for those of you who don't know, they're getting married. And uh, Laura is deep in the wedding planning. Let me tell you, on tour, there was some planning happening. <laughs> That was a bit of an ordeal. There was wasn't a sort it? of like slight removedness that you yeah. that you were this tour. Well, you know, it happens. But I expected it. I didn't want this to happen, but no, I it's mean, a necessary. Like, it's a necessary thing. You know, it, you go into it thinking like it's just going to be a chill thing, and you know what? <laughs> it's, it's never. Not, it's not chill. Never. <laughs> it's definitely not chill. It I could have told into, you that. There's no way to get around it not being chill. I realize, mm-hmm. no matter how hard you try. Because it's like you kind of care about it. You know, you do care, but you don't want it to be like some cheesy, like corporate type of vibe. But even having (laughs) it not be a cheesy corporate vibe, it requires a lot of effort, really. I mean, working with you on films (laughs) or what I should say is music videos, I know that you can't help but have opinions. Production design the shit out of things. Yeah. And. I could only imagine that a wedding of yours would be the same thing. I mean, you're basically production designing this wedding. Well, yeah, but it's not like I'm going balls out. You're kind of going balls out. I mean, in as much as I can. 
I mean, look, it's not like I have a, a huge fortune to spend on this whole thing, but I'm doing what I can. Mm-hmm. And when it's you just like your budget for the for the music video. Right. You work within your constraints. You're, you know and what? You're right. And we didn't have a big budget for that, and I made and it work. And you way it works. And it right. looks like a million bucks, doesn't it? <laughs> exactly. Anyway. It's all about that. It's all about that. You're good at that. So, of course, but you would dress, be good at But the dress, I dare say, is going to be this. It's going to be a scene. But I, I only wish... Not, I mean, not that many people are going to see it. Huh. Well, I'll see oh, well, it. I don't know if you're going to oh, see fuck. it. I well, might consider. I might talk myself into wearing it at the party. You should probably. In just which pop, case, the party might have to just be like yacht, yachts best instead of yachts casual. Yachts best. Yeah, maybe. Oh, it's yachts casual. It's more of a yacht cat. I said it was like a yacht casual, but I think maybe it should be yacht best. What's a yacht's best? <laughs> It's what does like that even mean? It means that Laura wears your dress. Oh, okay. <laughs> and other people maybe have to wear like something better than a polo shirt. So I can wear a dress too. No, maybe. I no, think people fine. can wear whatever they want, but <laughs> like still. just try to look good. That's yeah, all. make it work. Oh, I'll look. Yeah, yeah, make yeah. it look good. Yeah, I, I plan on just upstaging both of you. I'm gonna have the biggest dress that. in town. Yeah. I would be down. Actually, I, I will. I will be the bell. You know of the ball. what? You should be the bell. Of the balls. <laughs> I'll be you the bell be of the balls. You should be the bell with balls. Hey, have you already assigned the bell of the ball? Assigned? You know, you have a flower boy. You have a, I mean, not a flower, you have a flower I girl. You have a ring I'm boy. I'm supposed to be the bell of the ball. I am the bell of the ball. I could be your bell of the ball at the wedding. You didn't even ask me. I mean, I, because the, the bride is supposed to be the bell of the be ball. The, I'll be the bridesman. Okay, bridesman. You're it. <laughs> All right, boom. Gotta roll. All right, done. <laughs> boom. Done I'll and do, done. I, I, will, I will bride man that, that wedding. Yeah, you will. <laughs> I don't know. What's up with you? Tell me about your life since two days ago. Well, you know it. You know most of what's up, but I did watch a couple movies that I haven't mentioned on this uh, podcast that I could just do a little oh, yeah. very, very briefest of brief, brief uh, me. mini reviews. I suppose you could say. Last night I watched um, your favorite director, uh, Trey Edward Schultz, uh, who directed um, "It Comes at Night," <laughs> okay. which I know that you were um, quite a big fan of. For those who didn't listen to that episode, oh. Laura loved it. Uh, did you prefer, care to chime in about? I do want to just chime in very uh-huh. quickly and say. Sorry, people. Okay, it's not A24's fault, okay, that I didn't like <laughs> the last two movies by A24 that we watched. Oh, yeah. Because we... I do think that it's not their fault, and it, they do make good, they do release good <gasps> movies oh, on occasion. Oh, my God, I love hearing this right so, now. Laura, but, that makes me feel so warm and but great. But I don't like Trey Edward Schultz. <laughs> <laughs> That's fair enough. Who's that? The Trey guy Edward... who did It Comes at Night, which is he what He wrote and directed. And was that his debut film? It was his second film. So I watched his debut film last night. Okay. Because I, as you know, I loved... I loved It Comes at Night. <laughs> I, I loved it. You so don't just I, love coming at night? I, well, I oh. love that too. Uh, day and night, you know. It doesn't matter. I'm, I, don't, I don't discriminate. But anyways, <laughs> I was curious as to what his first film would be like. You know, I loved his second film so much. So I watched it last okay. night. It's called Krisha. Uh-huh. Um, for those of you who don't know, just a brief synopsis is about uh, a woman who is coming to like a Thanksgiving dinner with her family and she's clearly dealing with some sort of like mental affliction of some kind and thus uh you know weirdness transpires anyways this is his debut film okay you know what i didn't like it i basically i basically (laughs) almost didn't like it at all but i did like some certain parts of it i liked just the general filmmaking techniques i liked some of the music i liked the visuals um but man it was kind of like a little bit of a disaster as far as and it's weird because many people were talking up krisha as like oh it's much better than it comes at night i have to disagree it is like maybe then you will like it oh, wait a minute. <laughs> it follows is also by a24 right it follows is yes so loved yeah it. so loved i grouped it. that in the category of it comes at night it follows and the last movie we saw. did whatever 
It Falls is awesome. Uh, it Falls is great. It Falls yeah, is great. It, com- it comes at night. Is great. Well, the Witch is great. Green Room is great. Moonlight. Um, Moonlight is what great. What did we see last time? We saw, and I agree with you on some things with it. Uh, Swiss Army Man. Yeah, Swiss uh, Army Man. Ugh. Swiss Anton, Army Man Anton is not watched one of, it too. I watched it for, for like 10 for minutes. 20 minutes, <laughs> and I was, was like, fuck this. <laughs> going to bed. Okay, right. I kind of like it's Swiss Army Man, but you can listen to the other episode if you want all my opinions <laughs> on Swiss Army Man. But I agree with you in some points. I don't think it's a perfect movie. I certainly don't think it's one of A24's better films, for sure. It was so funny because in the car the next day after we recorded that podcast, you were like, all right, Anton, what did you think of the movie? <laughs> and Anton's like, that was so stupid. It just always he happens, said, you know? He said the exact same thing as me, and, and Dominic's like, oh, you're just the same as Laura. <laughs> <laughs> you guys are just the same. Person. Well, it might be true, you know. I mean, you are getting married. You've become a one unit Basically, kind of thing, you know? Yeah. You, you, we, you formed your... Laura's taste has definitely rubbed off on me, and I think I've rubbed <laughs> off on her a little bit. I think that Laura used to like these quirky indie, indie like, you know, cute, quirky indie movies, and then I, I talked her out of liking them. That's not I, I true. Think. What are you talking Like, what? I don't know, Little Miss Sunshine. I never liked that. Okay. I never liked that. Wait, what the fuck? You didn't like Little Miss I mean, Sunshine? I, Hell didn't, no. I didn't hate it. I didn't hate it, but I didn't love Paul it. Paul Dano. I know Paul Dano. I don't yeah. like these cute. Great. I don't that like was, these cute movies. These no, cute, like that, quirky indie movies. It is cute no, and quirky, I, but I like that. I like some quirky, cute, quirky indie movies, <laughs> but not. Cut, that. Cut, cut. I don't like. I don't want it. I don't. It's not like if it's cute, I'm gonna like it. It has to have substance. Mm-hmm. I, 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 yeah. I, I, I thought Little a Miss Sunshine substance, had a lot of heart. I love that too. <laughs> I love a milky white substance and I love Little Miss Sunshine's heart. <laughs> no, but like. Uh, I think that one Wes Anderson is enough. No one else should try to do that. Something like that. Well, I think that they. I think. I don't know if it's really going for a Wes Anderson thing. I, think I don't it's know. Just a, like the, uh, the whatchamacallit brothers. Indie, the bro- you know, brothers quit. Uh, what are they called? Um, the, you know, the brothers. The people who directed. No, you, the ones who about? did, uh, you know, like. Uh, uh, Cohen brothers? Yes, thank you. <laughs> they're they're good. The brothers quit. <laughs> what kidding. does this mean? No, but they're kind of quirky and cute in a way, Sometimes. but they're so much cooler. Like, they're so good. Well, but not all their movies are good. Not like, all I would agree. But mostly they're good. There are some where they're, they're, they're like their they're funny movies, other than The Big Lebowski, okay. are usually bad. Yeah, but The I Big think. Lebowski is very quirky and That's pretty cute. One of the best If you like, ever. you know, John Goodman. Wait, which one? Sorry, which one? <laughs> Uh, Big Lebowski. Uh, Big Lebowski. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, great, great, great. No, great, but like great. that movie is total top quirk, you know, mm-hmm. in a sense, but... It's not like it's not like there's nothing to it. There's a lot going on there. Mm-hmm. It's really cool, and it's not just some twee ass little bitch ass shit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And you feel like some of these A24 films are going for this twee ass BS. Well, no, bullshit. only, only that ass, Swiss though. Army Man one was. Well, definitely Swiss Army Man. The, but the other ones were not. Not none not, of them. They were. weren't like bitch ass, but they were definitely on the twee tip. Which sure. one? I don't know, like It Comes at Night, for sure. Twee come the fuck No, 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 it oh, wasn't it was. twee. That's, it was kind of twee, though, absurd. in a sense. It was, in a sense. Like, if you just, like, look around. If you just look around. It was not boring, but we can't get into this again. It'll just piss me All right. off. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Anyways, so Krisha kind of sucks. Um, <laughs> I also saw Baby Driver, which I kind of feel a similar way. Have you heard about Baby Driver? I saw no. a commercial for saw it. commercial. The commercial looked terrible, but then everyone was like, but it's actually a great film. And I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll give it a shot then, you know. It's by uh, um, Edgar Wright is his name, uh, and he did um, Hot Fuzz, and he did Shaun of the Dead, which Mm. both of those are kind of like, 
eh on. I like Shaun of the Dead a little more, I guess. But anyways, I didn't love either of those movies. Baby Driver, it's a fine movie. It's a decent, it's a, actually, it's a good action movie. Um, it's fun. It's got kind of a musical bent. Basically, if you don't know, Baby Driver is about this uh, driver for hire or whatever who drives for like this kind of gang of people. Uh, and his kind of quirk is that he has tinnitus. And so what he does to drown out the constant ringing in his ears is he's always playing music when he's driving or really all the time he's playing music in his head or in, in earphones or whatever. Um, and the car chase sequences were fun and cool, but ultimately I wasn't like in love with the movie. It was fairly forgettable after I was done watching it, but it was slightly energetic. So I'd somewhat recommend. That's a watch it on Netflix. It's a definite watch it on Netflix. Like wait for it to be on demand video, uh, Amazon now prime, whatever. Mm -hmm. But yeah, anyways, those are my, those are my quick two movie reviews that I saw. Should we get into this super, super heavy? (laughs) That like. Movie. We should. Uh, so yeah, it's oh, like if wait. you can tell, you can probably tell. Like I'm like bummed. <laughs> I'm bummed wait, right one now. other fun thing that happened is that when we came home from tour, there were all these fun presents waiting for us at the house, and it was like Christmas, and that was really fun. That's all oh. I gotta say. Oh, fun. Anyway, thanks. Okay, movie. <laughs> so Antichrist <laughs> is uh, again. It's written and directed by Lars von Trier. Uh, you might know him from other more recent movies than this one, such as Melancholia and Nymphomaniac. Um, he also did some other films, uh, dog, dog, uh, I'll look it up later. Uh, this, dog day afternoon. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> it's no, got dog but, in the title. I'll look it up. But I love Melancholia by the way. Cool. Yeah, me too. Um, this movie is starring Willem Dafoe and Charlotte Gainsbourg. Um, Charlotte Gainsbourg frequents his films. If you've seen <laughs> his other films. Indeed. Um, and this film in particular, vagina does. <laughs> <laughs> spoiler well that's actually not much of a spoiler her, her vagina is all over all three of those movies yeah, isn't they it? Are. <laughs> yeah they are yeah she they are like yeah vagina. yeah every every movie is a different vagina that she whips out <laughs> there Sweet was i did vagina you know i did see in the credits of this film there was a body double for for her so maybe that was not her vagina well i think that she often has a vagina double. i think oh really well in that the opening scene Mm-hmm. Was the body double? That could be true. Oh, I mean, I had some probably. questions about that opening. We'll get to that in a second. Oh yeah. Uh, just one quick thing I want to say before we get into it. Uh, also, this is the first in his depression trilogy. Lars von Trier has kind of like gone on record as saying that he likes to make his films in trilogies, or so he says. Uh, who knows? He's going to continue to stick to this. But uh, this was the first in his depression trilogy. Melancholia being the second, and Nymphomaniac being the third, and presumably he's starting a new trilogy with this upcoming film of his that's supposed to come out like next year, I believe. Uh, I forget the what? name of it. Oh, okay. Um, something about Jack. It's oh, it's it's the house that Jack built. That I okay. think that's what it's called. Uh-huh. Don't quote me on that. Do but we know what like kind of vibe that's gonna be? It's gonna be another dark, fucked up shit. Okay. I mean, it's about a serial killer or something. Okay. It's I'm sure it's gonna be dark and fucked up, as many of his films have always been. Um, anyways, what did you guys think of Antichrist? Who maybe maybe we'll start with uh, Anton over here. Well, yeah, so this is an example of how a movie can be really great, but I don't really enjoy it at all. Mm. Well, I kind of did enjoy it a little bit, but, like, I think I might give this movie a 10, but I didn't really (laughs) enjoy it, like, fully. I mean, it was, like, so unpleasant and hard to watch that um, it was, I I don't know if I, I don't know if I would want to watch it (laughs) ever Ever again. again. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I mean, even though it was great, it was a great, great 
at being a really heavy uh-huh. bummer of a movie. Uh-huh. So you didn't feel like it just wasn't for you, but you actually felt like it was just a great movie that you just wouldn't want to watch again. Or do you even like regret watching it in a sense? I don't think I regret watching it. I don't think I was quite in the mood for it today. <laughs> yeah. It is sort of a mood killer, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. I mean... Sort of a vibe downer. It's like it's not the kind of thing you want to kick back and relax to after a you know long day at work. Uh-huh. Yeah, maybe don't throw this on at a child's birthday party or... Uh, Watch it with your parents, though. Definitely some shock, shock value stuff in yeah. it. Yeah. What yeah. about you, Laura? What's I, your first impressions of this film? Uh, I thought it was. I thought it was quite good. I mean, I thought that I loved just the direction, really, and mm-hmm. the timing, the pacing of it, and the music was, or the you know, the score and the sound design was really good. Um, and I love like the kind of like creative, sort of surreal aspects of it, and his other movies in general. Mm-hmm. Um, it was actually, it really reminded me of Nymphomaniac in certain ways. Like, he does seem to, like, throw these kind of, like, discussions <laughs> into the mix of his <laughs> films where people are, like, philosophizing and shit, you uh, know? And uh-huh. it's, like, it's he just funny because it's, I don't really know what the point of that. I mean, I guess he's working out some shit or whatever, mm. but, but, um, yeah, I don't, yeah, I'm kind of on deck with Anton on this one. Like, I don't know if I like want to watch it again ever mm-hmm. or I think- if I was enjoying it. Like, cause you know, there were, and it wasn't that I thought it was that hard to watch actually. I mean, it was br- brutal, but there are a few moments of sheer brutality, but like apart from that, it wasn't that bad. You know, mm-hmm. I mean, it was, yeah, I'm going to deduct a point. I, I'm, I'm going to give it a nine. <laughs> oh, gonna, yeah. It was just, holy shit. This is maybe one of the worst films you've ever seen then. No. <laughs> you give no. almost everything a 10 I mean. no way dude oh, wait, what did you give ja- or what's that called what? swiss army swiss ja- army man yeah. i mean Ooh. i i i give it uh i don't give a shit i yeah i don't i didn't watch it i don't I, I turned it off what uh, about it came at night it that, comes all over me at night see, that movie i'll give just for reference for the four. audience. Oh, four. four. Yeah. Get out of here. I'm down with that. <laughs> That's like a nine. No, I don't know. That's like a nine. Uh-huh. Personal shopper. <laughs> Personal shopper, I might give like a seven for comedic value. That's what I... You know what? It is slightly entertaining in no, a sort of No, there's like some sort of production value going on there. It's not much production value, but <laughs> it's of, fun. You got to go shopping. You know, I like that. Right, right. Anyway, so you deduct the point. Why? Because I didn't like it that... I mean, it was just... <laughs> I kind of... I liked it, but like it. it's like... I just didn't love this movie. I think I got to love a movie in order to give it a 10. Sure, fair enough. I mean, I think that's okay. fair. You just changed the basis upon which you rate things. No, I know. The thing is, it was great and it was perfect. It was a perfect, it's a perfect it's movie. It was a perfect movie. It was a perfect but movie, like, but it's don't a I didn't love, I didn't love like, it. I don't know. Just in past episodes, totally tell me. You'd be like, I give it a 10. You know what? I give and it a 10. No, the like only thing is, I'll tell true. you what I've given a 10 so far. The final episode of Girls, I <laughs> oh, gave that a 10. Yeah. I stick by that. And, uh, Heavenly, heavenly creatures, I give a ten. Uh-huh. Oh, thank you. Well, because it's great, and I, <laughs> I mean, and I loved it. So. No, but you—it's so funny because you talked total crap about that movie before we rewatched again. And I think I you re- gave La La Land a ten. I think you gave La La Land. No, 10. no, you didn't. Maybe. Okay, I could be wrong. That's fine. No, but it's just funny because I don't cause think before, I was on La La Land. 
You might yeah, be right. When, when I before can't remember. we watched Heavenly Creatures, you were like, "That movie's not good." I'm like, "Are you out of your freaking?" Maybe gourd? I thought it was something else. Maybe I well, didn't anyway, know what movie. You're anyway, about. let's get back to the okay, subject back to at the hand show, here. Yeah. Um, yeah, I liked it. I thought it was good, um, but I guess there were things about it that were a little bit like not quite what I wanted it to be. Mm-hmm. Like, I wasn't sure what kind of movie this was going to be when I first started watching it. You know, I didn't know if it was going to be, like, just a drama or if it was going to be a thriller or some kind of weird dark horror movie or if there was going to be, like, that supernatural element, which there there were hints of it. But I don't know. So I guess I still leave the movie feeling like, what was this? I mean, not quite sure what it all means, Mm -hmm. which is fine. I don't feel like I have to know or understand it to like it, you know? Because it was just kind of an interesting experience. And I think Charlotte Gainsbourg's performance was impeccable. Very good. She is a very good actress. Her performance is excellent in this movie. Yeah. I really like her. And she's her. really good. Yeah. I think she's really good in all the other movies I've seen her in. Mm-hmm. Um, by, by Especially Lars von Trier. I think he really... He brings something out he, in her. They work together so well. And it's it's clear that he believes that too. Because he just keeps putting her in all of his well, movies. Well, who else is going to do this shit? I know. <laughs> That's true. She's down, I guess. You know, she she's, is down, she's but down. I mean, she gets a body massage. <laughs> you know what I mean by that? I mean double. Uh, but like, yeah, but there, she's still definitely doing some shit in this oh, movie. Oh, for sure. She's, no, but she it's is like, doing some shit. She's in all the films. She's too. not just down, but there's a real like subtle thing going on with her that is super intense at the same time. I love like, watching her on screen. She's because it's weird. It's like she's not like I wouldn't look at her and go that she's beautiful. But she has a very interesting she's vibe. Yeah, and like she's really expressive without doing too much. Mm-hmm. And um I just yeah, I really appreciate her I really appreciate her performance. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's interesting. It's like she's got this kind of like wafy kind of heroin chic look. But at the same time it's not that. It's like something much deeper than that, you know? Mm-hmm. And she's like Yeah, it's it's like she has this shyness to her. But that's like really come like also very st- strong energy and like really loud at times, you know. And I don't know, it's just a very she's like a complex mix of like opposites in a lot of ways in her personality and like the way that she is being conveyed on screen. And uh, it's really engaging for me to watch her. And uh, so I really like that. And uh, I don't know, I like yeah, like the surreal elements. I thought basically it was good. I just don't know if I wanted. I yeah, I had a hard time watching some of the brutal moments. I realized now in my later years that I don't like watching, you know, brutality uh-huh. that much in terms of like just shock stuff, like uh-huh. where it's like pain related. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. I mean, I do like watching some brutal stuff in Game of Thrones that, but I don't really like watching pain shock. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like, like pain porn or whatever. Yeah, is it time to? Oh, you didn't say what? Well, you what do you said. think? I like this movie a lot. Um, it's strange. This is, I've actually seen this movie before. I've actually seen it many times before. This is maybe like the fifth or sixth time I've seen this movie. But I haven't Ouch. seen it. <laughs> Why would you do that to yourself? <laughs> well, the, I, when I, the first couple times I watched it, I just was so kind of blown away by it because it was, um, you know, I was a younger boy at the time. And I felt like this was probably one of the first kind of like arty kind of psychological horror kind of movies or its tone just felt very unique to me at the time. Um, And I really loved the visuals of it and I still love the visuals of it. Um, 
but I will admit that watching it this time, I I haven't seen it in at least five or six years. Oh. Um, and watching it this time, I did have like a more critical eye on it, and I do see some flaws in the movie. I still overall really like this movie, but I think that William Defoe's performance is basically terrible. I think no. it's like really? pretty bad. I, I think it's good. pretty bad. I liked him. I did not like him. I thought he. I thought he. There was like just some really kind of overacty moments and kind of almost cringeworthy for me in a, in a couple moments. Uh, Maybe it was just his character, though. I thought, kind yeah. of his character, but I don't know. It just I kind of know what you're saying, but it, it was like he was. I know he's a there. Oh, uh, well. I'll I'll yeah. say more about it later. Uh, what else do I want to say? In Wait, a kind is of this still one of your? Is this? You said this was your favorite. Lars Van Yeah, and I don't know movie, if right? I can stick by that. I want to watch the others yeah. again. I don't think this was my favorite. Of I need to watch the others again. Oh, wait, he did the others? No, no, no. I mean the uh, others oh, as in oh, his okay. other films. Oh, okay, gotcha. Uh, no I need way. to I need to rewatch like, Melancholia and Nymphomaniac, which I know I loved those movies too. It's just hard for me to rank them in my head right now because Melancholia is definitely hands down the best one. Well, of the, actually, of the three in my opinion. In my mind, it's know. the worst. In my what? mind, it's the worst. But oh I need, I would rewatch it and it's so good. Reevaluate. Honestly. It's funny because a lot of people I know whose opinions I value, they give that they did not like that movie, and I it's was like, little, well, "Are you crazy? It was awesome." It just was a little meandering at times. No, it wasn't though. From what I remember, but like, I would watch this it again. Was kind of meandering, in my opinion. Well, I think all of his films are meandering, yeah. and right. I think that can be a good thing. Uh, but for me, it just didn't work so well in Melancholia. But again, oh, I will man. say I have not Rewatch. seen that movie. I've not seen that movie in like five. I last I only saw it one time in theaters. So it was like probably five or six years ago. I think Anyways, that a work let's of start art. talking about all the gross stuff. Okay. Right? Uh, is there anything I want to say? I mean, I pretty much actually agree with basically everything else you said. So let's get into the spoilers. All right, spoilers. Uh, spoilers. So if you have not seen Any Christ and you care about spoilers, uh, probably time to just tune out. There's some fucked up shit in this movie. <laughs> I mean, there's two things really. There's three. I mean, there's two or three things that really are milked if you to get my drift. I suppose. One thing in particular was milked in a sort of bloody fashion. Oh, yeah, that was intense. Um, so, you know, Would I guess. Would that really happen, though? It's like, okay, so let's, she. Let's, like, let's put it on the table here. The first. She let's like, plop it on the table. What's the first thing? She slams his penis in with a giant wood, wooden big <laughs> log. slap log. <laughs> And he then, passes out. And then he passes out, and then she jerks him off, and then he busts a nut that is consisting of nut and blood. Now, let's get to the is logistics of this. Let's get to the Would logistics. Would that really happen? I'm going to throw in my coins and say no. Right. First up, how is he hard? How? Yeah, how is he getting a boner on this shit? He looked fairly hard, and now, granted... Maybe it's just a big old thing. Like, dick. is it the type of thing where well, it's like if you suddenly pass it. out, your boner that you had before That's true, just but when you pass intact. out, I feel like your boner would just pass out with mm-hmm. you. That's dead bodies have boners. Do no, they but, really? but he's not dead. No, but that's like a rigor mortis kind of thing. <laughs> I am guessing. I mean, this is, I'm theorizing here. But yeah. I'm going to say if you pass out, your boner passes out with you. I would think so, but who I don't knows? Know Maybe not. And Maybe plus, it's just like it forgets what to do because your brain doesn't tell what to do. Did he? Like, was he really getting hard with like her fucking manic as shit? Right. Like, it's like so to ridiculous. To me, it, how I read that scene is that she was forcing herself, herself on, on him. him. And he's probably like, I don't even want this. So I feel like, I mean, maybe he'd get a little bit of a boner, but come on. I mean, like, it is he really going to be like, like ragingly was, into it? Yeah, you know? it seemed like he was able to just bust a bone like, like at any fuck time. No. Fuck no. Like, 
It was just yeah, on the drop of a dime. Hell no. It definitely, like, at a certain point, probably at that point, did seem like, how's this guy got any juice left? <laughs> I know. <laughs> and then straight up, like, she jacks him off and then blood squirts out. And cum. Like, was it? Was there also cum? There, it, it was, was a like milky bloody bl- cum. I guess it was red. a sort of bloody cum. Yeah. But I guess that made me just think, okay, so what happens is you get a boner and then you get passed out and the boner is just left hanging because <laughs> your brain is not telling it to not bone anymore. So it's just yeah. in a sort of transient, you know, kind uh-huh. of but if you jack limbo off a, state. <laughs> if you jack off a passed limbo out person, state. they are not going to have an orgasm. I wouldn't think so. That's just not going to happen. But maybe he didn't have an actual orgasm, but his, like, the cum just came out. It was like, (laughs) you know what I mean? Uh huh. All right. Number two of the, of the, let's flop that back on the table here. Number two um, of the disgusting era here Um, self circumcision. Self mutilation. Is it circumcision? Homegirl cuts off her own clit with scissors. Yeah, that's some. That's a thing. And it shows a close-up of it getting cut yeah, off. Yeah, it was just like a full-fledged close-up. A full-fledged like, close-up. Now, this is the shot that many people talk about it. when they talk about Antichrist. They're like, oh, you mean that movie where that woman cuts off her clit? <laughs> yeah. Well, what, what did you guys think of the... the I think it makes sense the in the cut. context of the film, in a way. Like... It is about violence against women in a sort of way. No, is no, it? I think it's about her. Is that not, what it's is basically, this movie about? I have no idea, really. She's grappling with all this guilt that her child died because she was having sex, and well, so no, her that, own yeah, sex yeah, reminds her of this terrible thing. Uh-huh. So to punish herself, uh, she gets rid of her she's pleasure cutting center. off her own vagina. Well, her own pleasure, really. Right, she, her pleasure. To me, that scene is like her. She's she's giving up her pleasure. Like she will know. She is telling herself, "I will no longer have any more pleasure in this life." Well, not just that, in a, but yeah. In a kind of figurative sense, but in a little. But it's sense. also <laughs> like it's just—it's a punishment for what she, for herself, right? Yeah, because she in that sequence, it's revealed that she actually did or, see sorry, the kid. Not just a punishment, but it's she's cutting off a reminder, really, of what happened. Uh huh. So briefly, this movie synopsis-wise, like, uh, it's about a couple dealing with the with uh, the through the grief of the death of their child. Um, they're very young. Um, Boy, maybe a couple years older, if that. Like three um, years old. Oh, three years old, they say that. Uh, anyways. Um, he dies by walking out of a window right. while they're having sex. Right. And, and it, which, go ahead. Yeah. And what? And, and it actually shows like a straight close-up of a penis going into a vagina. Uh-huh. In the, like the first like, <laughs> like five the seconds. first shot of the movie or second yeah. shot of the yeah. movie. It's just a close-up of a penis in vagina. Yeah, now is that Willem Dafoe's dick? We'll never know. It could actually all not I mean, be anyone's dick because they did CGI stuff in uh, Nymphomaniac. A lot of those private parts were CGI, believe it or not. No, they hor- they hired <laughs> porn actors too. <laughs> they horrified the people into having sex. <laughs> That's what you were about to say. Um, I think I, I looked into this and it is uh, porn actresses oh, and really? it is real. Wow. I wonder the, I if mean, he just like uses it as an excuse to be able to see like live action. I mean... Potentially. I think he is just a filmmaker who is interested in the kind of... Shock. The body. Shock value. I guess it's somewhat shock, but I think he's also just interested in like carnal urges of the human condition and like clearly sex and violence is a common theme in a lot of his movies Um, Mm -hmm. and depression too. So just actually a couple facts I was going to throw out that I was looking at before we were um, recording here. Uh, 
So those slow motion sequences, I was curious, and maybe some people would be curious to know that it was actually shot at one thousand frames per second, which is cr- that's crazy. Um, it seemed pretty slow. Very slow uh, and beautiful. I, I mm, gotta great. say, really great. I yeah. gotta say the intro, the the opening sequence of this film is just so fucking gorgeous to me. It is just phenomenal filmmaking. It, if anything, just watch that. Just watch the opening like three or four minutes of this movie. Because it is just stunning. It's totally stunning to me. And there's multiple slow motion sequences throughout this film um, that are somewhat surreal. And the sequences are just outstanding. The, to me, those are my favorite parts of the film, are all of these like 1,000 frames per second extreme slow motion sequences, which he then continued in Melancholia, as you know. Mm-hmm. And I don't really know if it, oh, if it really shows up in Nymphomaniac much, but... Mm. I think primarily it was this one in Melancholy that he was like super into that. Another thing about this movie is he was deeply suffering from depression through the writing and making of this film. This was a long gap between his previous film and this one. Um, And actually the producer early on in production back in 2005. So this came out in 2009. Back in 2005, the producer like accidentally basically leaked the fact that the original script, the revelation of the film was going to be that (laughs) Earth was created by Satan, not God. Um, and Lars von Trier was like super fucking pissed and basically rewrote a lot of the movie. Um, and it took another few years for him to do that. Um, and then this was the result still kept the same name. Um, and also through the casting process, he was like breaking down and, and, uh, he was like basically the entire duration of the making of this film. He was like suffering from intense depression and on set, he and normally, now I am. And now, and now everyone who watches it is on set. He would, um, he'd have to like excuse himself, and he normally camera operates all, all of his films. But this one, he like couldn't even bring himself to do it. Really, uh, so basically, was, was this, there was it just like a clinical depression, or did he have a reason? Was he's a talked reason? a lot about in, uh, I guess, interviews and stuff. Uh, that he just suffers from like a lot of phobias in life. Um, he has a huge fear of flying as well. Okay. So even though this film takes place in a fictional town of Seattle, or I mean, uh, sorry, Washington, um, a fictional town of Washington, um, it's shy. actually filmed all in uh, Sweden. Sweden. Um, that's right. And that's where he shoots all of his films because he has a giant fear of flying and he refuses to, he will never go to America. He's stated he'll like, he refuses to do it. So even if his film gets in festivals, he like never even he's he's not been to America. Um, anyways, so he has a, these intense phobias in life. He suffers from depression. Just you know, the dude's like he's he's gone through some shit in his life. Uh-huh. I suppose. I mean, I don't know the details really. Um, yeah. Anyways, I just wanted to throw those out there. Uh, the, the making of this was also a bit of a troubled. Uh, Troubled youth. Troubled, troubled youth, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And another thing I just want to mention that I do really like about the film is just the filmmaking techniques themselves. He often breaks like these cinematic rules. Um, for instance, this film is constantly like jump cuts all over the place. Mm. A conversation will be happening and like the audio will cut out, but then you'll see their face like not talking and then, you know... Uh, he also like breaks the 180 degree rule of like where you're supposed to put the camera. Like if yeah. you're, yeah, if you see you. one person on one side of the screen they and one go. person, they they flip a lot. Like right. it's just 
the, there's sort of these like basic rules, and granted, yeah, yeah. The rules are what, made for breaking. What is the 180 degree rule? If you're talk, if you see one person talking on one side from, and you're looking at them from the angle of like the right side of their face, you have to switch to the person they're talking to by looking at them from the exact opposite side, so that there's a consistency in the direction. Uh, for example, if Willem they, Dafoe shows up. At one point on the left side of the screen, he's talking yeah. to Charlotte Gainsbourg, who's on the right side of the screen. And then all of a sudden, you just see the other side of his face, and he's on the right side of the screen. It and then again, mean. you see her on the right side of the screen, and then he's on the left side of the screen, and then she's on the left side. Of the... It's like there's, there's no, no rhyme or reason. There's no for the viewer right. to know where and they are. And it makes you feel a sense of disorientation. Exi- disorientation and anxiety. It's a sort of like, it's a thing that you can do. Certainly, obviously, rules are made for breaking, right? But that's the rule if you want it to feel right. Mm. But he clearly right. didn't want this movie to feel right, and it's constantly breaking all of these cinematic right. rules. Right. How do you um, think they did that lens distortion stuff? Like the like. Yeah, that's cool. I really stuff. like that. That's probably some crazy lens. I bet. I it think probably. it's some. I think it's some CG work. Mm. Uh, my guess is CG, but I could be wrong. Um, I didn't look into that specifically. Because I know there are. I we used a lens once on something. I did where tilt where shift. It was not tilt shift. It was like oh, kind of like a smear. It was like a smear thing, and but uh-huh. we were using it and moving it live. Yeah, but like I think maybe a tilt shift maybe could have a similar. There, basically, a, it could maybe have been the lens. I don't know. Mm-hmm. Lars von Trier is visionary. You know, all of his yeah. films are very just high concept visionary artistic filmmaking he's clearly a true artist and you can just see it you know Mm -hmm. i Um, mean i don't know if he like always has the complete picture you know like in mind right when he starts because it does feel like there is a meandery quality to some of his movies like to actually all these movies mm -hmm. sort of experimental storytelling sometimes kind of and i think he kind of just like doesn't know where it's supposed to end you know necessarily sure and uh, so in that respect, I wouldn't say that he is like the ultimate visionary artist filmmaker, you know, who has the complete package full uh-huh. on. But he's definitely up there. I From think. a storytelling perspective, I do agree that I think in all of his films, the storytelling doesn't have that like airtight. It doesn't pack a punch or right. anything. It's not like it's not like you're like, oh, shit, what a revelation that just was. It's more just like about human interaction and qualities like and that. things happen, but they don't necessarily like mean, mean a ton, anything. you know? I yeah, think that but the, I'm okay with that. Lars von Trier is the best director ever at making super depressing, <laughs> he is. like just bummer Absolutely. ass movies. Hands Wait, down. who did Dancer in the Dark? Hands down. He did. Oh, he yeah. did. Okay. <laughs> That's what I was going to say. That no. movie is even more depressing than the one we watched tonight. <laughs> right, but it didn't have any. But it didn't have any like vaginas getting cut off or dicks busting, busting just um, mutilated body parts, busting blood, uh, busting bloody nuts. What was I gonna say? There was something I was like gonna ask about. What did it mean when? Oh yeah, what do you think that she meant when she was telling the Willem Dafoe that he never really was there, like he never really cared, that he was indifferent to his child being dead. Like, well, but I think maybe she was just seeing him dealing with it in a different way because they both are clearly dealing with their depression in completely different ways. But you Willem don't think de- there was any like truth to it? And if no. so, why? That you, like you think that he like, didn't is he care kind, maybe? Is he kind of like removed in a certain way? That's no, like- I don't think so. I mean... <laughs> I think that she's just fucking tripping. Right, yeah, she's <laughs> tripping. She's She has like succumbed to her depression 
in this very dark, almost possessed kind of way. Oh, yeah. You know? Well, at a point, I want to talk about Willem Dafoe, though, because you said you hated him. I I think he was, like, he's, like, he's, like, this, like, clinical, like, mansplaining. Yeah. Like, fucking know-it-all. Mm-hmm. Like, he's, like, not cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he's trying to help his wife, but he's doing it in this, like, really condescending right. kind of way. Oh, totally, yeah. And, uh... That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. I thought he was but, good at being like a condescending, mansplaining guy. Right. It's like his character was unlikable, so it was hard for me to differentiate that between between that and maybe his acting because I think mm. I genuinely saw his character in that light, so maybe that was good. Yeah. I you see know? what you're talking about, but I don't agree. I mean, uh-huh. I do also not like his his character, and I do... I understand that his character is unlikable, but I'm actually specifically talking about his acting. <laughs> there was just, there's just a yeah. few moments in this movie that I just kind of felt like it was kind of cheese ball. It was kind of like, uh-huh. it was a little too much for me. Um, it was like, Charlotte Gainsbourg is just fucking killing it. Like she is so real in it. She's, yeah. she just completely embodies her character to me. And like, Oh man, those anxiety attacks in the beginning and stuff where they are showing like close-ups of a vein pulsing or like heavy breathing and, or she's like shaking and she's trying to drink some water or whatever. That to me, and I've said this before to like friends and stuff, that to me is one of the most true depictions of how anxiety feels, Mm -hmm. you know? I mean, just what a way, what a way to kind of depict it. And she just kills it throughout this movie. And maybe it's because I think that she's so good that Willem Dafoe looks a little worse next to her. Uh I don't think he's necessarily bad. I just think there's some, he's not killing it for me, you Mm -hmm. know? And she's killing it so hard that it's like, it's I guess when it's really relying on only two people, which this movie basically is, I feel like you really have to have like some star-studded performances for it to feel knocked out of the park, and it didn't feel knocked out of the park for me. What about like the opening sequence in terms of the way that the director decided to uh, focus on their kind of facial expressions during the sex scenes, mm-hmm. like like in in contrast to the child. I mean, the obvious thing is, okay, they're like deep in this kind of world of pleasure while the child is dying. So there's like that obvious stark contrast. But it's like, I think there was something deeper going on there with just the way that he was focusing on each of their individual expressions Mm -hmm. during the sex scene. Mm -hmm. Like Mm -hmm. Willem Dafoe has this very emasculated kind of look and vibe and and she is like lost in this world of pleasure i guess total pleasure but like but the way that they depict him it's there's something to it that's more than meets the eye i feel like you know like Mm. he's this kind of i don't know his his whole figure is just this like muscular male like masculine man but and kind of like I mean, old. he's like a little gross. Yeah, it's like a little bit gross. He's a little gross. I think that she kind of comes across as a little more like beautiful in a way. Like, kind of. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. But like, what were they trying to showcase there? I mean, were they trying to make him seem like not a good person in a kind of way? Or was it just just art for art's sake type of thing? I don't know. Was it just like trying to just show some shit that like maybe just let it be what it is to the viewer or something mm-hmm. like that? Like, I felt like maybe there was an intention going on there that could be kind of unveiled when trying to analyze it. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Yeah, potentially. I didn't I didn't really think too hard on that other like, than just is... that it's it's um, contrasting 
mm-hmm. a very sad moment with a very pleasurable moment. I guess for the question is, yeah, like who is Willem Dafoe supposed to be? What is his character? Is his character good or bad? I think it's he's not a very. I think Anton kind of nailed it, which just it's like he his intentions are just off, or, or maybe well, ultimately no. he is trying to help, but his, he's not he helping it? in the right way. I guess the question is, are his intentions good or bad? His intentions are to help her. Yeah, so you good. believe that he genuinely wants to help her? Yes. He wants to help her, but like I think parts, parts, partially he wants to help her as like, um, like as a a superior, a therapist, yeah, like his job. Yeah, like it's, it's like ther- it's almost like he wants to help her so that he can be a good, so that he can prove that he's a good therapist. Yeah. So like, it's like rather he, than it's very has, clinical. So he has selfish intentions ultimately. Like in a way, because it serves like, his own ego to have helped yeah, her. Yeah, I think it serves his own ego a little bit. And it's ineffective. To me, it just seems like what he's doing is ineffective. It seems like almost everything know. almost everything that he's like teaching her or whatever, it, it at least to me it seems like a lot of it isn't really ultimately helping her. She is kind of just falling deeper and deeper into this really fucked up, depressed state, and he's not really seeing that. He's like maybe just kind of patting himself on the back in a way. You know what's interesting is actually because there were moments where I felt like she was being helped, like the parts where she actually mm. escapes into those dream sequences. Those are beautiful. And too. like, I think it really is kind of just a, you know, an illustration of like masculine versus feminine. Come to think of it, because he is playing this role of like what you said, mansplaining everything, mm-hmm. and she is the very like kind of recessive person and like the sort of, and and in in her femininity more open to his suggestion and actually able to willing, like willing to let herself escape into his suggestions. Uh Whereas he is not. And I think that those are two very like typically masculine and feminine qualities to be, uh, you know, to be, um, embodying Mm -hmm. like for her to be the one that is the crazy one and kind of like open to his powers of suggestion Mm -hmm. and letting him kind of hypnotize her. And, and then when she, and then him like just resisting her position and her point of view and her opinions on things. Mm -hmm. I mean, I don't know. What do you think is the reason that like in the the title of the film that they had, well, the antichrist, it was like a a female. Oh, is that that, shit? That's the female. Oh, that's the film. Okay. Yeah, you're right. You're right. (laughs) No, yeah, yeah, you're right. (laughs) Like, is this kind of an anti-women thing or is it more just like that the woman is seeing something clearly that the man can't see. Well, and then in also the final sequence, he is kind of having this vision of all of these women, you know? Right. Too. Is that what that was? I mean, it seemed like it was a bunch of girls. It seemed like, yeah, it was all these women like just crawling up this hill. Yeah, what is that about? It's like, it's like he, yeah, maybe it is kind of about how this man is just, just completely has no, he can't understand the female perspective in some way, you know? Yeah, And maybe that that's is it. that's catching up to he him. He can't understand the female perspective, perhaps. Perhaps. Or he's not open to it. But yeah. ultimately, I'm sure this film is, in a way, up to interpretation. You know, it's yeah. nothing's very spelled out. But I like that about it. And that's, you yeah. know, I mean, it's me a little too. experimental in that See, way. See, like, with this movie, I care kind of about it. You know, like, I care about trying to understand it. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, we are running out of time. Okay. Was there any kind of like final thoughts anybody wants to say? I don't know. Definitely worth seeing. Absolutely. I think I worth seeing. might not say that. Really? <laughs> no. Even though it's great. I mean, this is, like I said, I'd give this movie a nine. <laughs> <laughs> 
Yeah, uh, I I also think it's it's up. It's a I just I highly recommend this movie. Um, if you're interested in you know artistic kind of psychological thriller horror kind of vibes, uh, I think it covers a lot of interesting ground, and I think it does stuff that you are just not going to see in other films, except for maybe other Lars von Trier films. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I highly recommend Lars von Trier as a director as a whole. He's definitely one of the most exciting directors to me of our like modern era in a way, just because I think that he really has his own voice and his own visions. And mm-hmm. um, when you see one of his movies, you kind of know what's one of his movies. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I like that. Um, yeah. So right. check it out. Okay. Antichrist. Thank you. <laughs> Boom. Thank you. Um, Anton, thanks for being on this episode. Yeah. You're, you're back, you know, you're back and better than ever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, this back has been, this has been Totally Tell Me. We post new episodes every Wednesday on iTunes, SoundCloud, Google Play, and Stitcher. If you dig it, share with a friend, subscribe, leave a rating on iTunes, helps us get the word out. And our intro and outro music is by Lauren Anton. Thanks again to Anton. And um, that's it. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next Wednesday with a new episode of Totally Tell Me. Totally Tell Me.